we're back. Yep. Here we are again. Another week yep. of doing the podcast. I was just saying before, I love doing the podcast. Boy. And what a pain in the ass. Like, if you don't like doing it, it's anything but the podcast in particular, too. The amount of work it is to yep. put it together. I know. But it's so worth it. Yeah. Because it's just fun. It's nice. It's because we talk like this normal. So it's like, feels like it's not work. It's just enjoyable. It's, uh, we talk without the microphones a little more colorful, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That but is true. No, it's good. I love, I love them too. Yeah. It's a nice break too. Cause I look forward to like, you get some ideas through the head. That's what goes through the week as things pop up. Yeah. Gives us yep. uh, topics to talk about that. We're going to talk about in our office anyways, right? Yeah, Little right. events and uh, stuff that happens. So it's good. So, so I like, love it. Good conversations. Good. Uh huh. Yeah. What do you got? Anything to uh, start? So, my son has a new coach. This so is what I hear. has a new coach. And, uh, but he's an old coach. An old coach, yeah. He's got old, an old new coach. Old new coach. A new yeah. old coach? It's a new, old new coach. Old new, new coach. old coach. A new old coach, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyways, it's uh, it was interesting because Friday we were getting home and he just uh, I was picking him up from school actually. And uh, you see the look on his face because he just found out. Did you hear what happened? I said, yeah. I go, what happened? And he said, uh, George isn't the coach anymore. So I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, how come they didn't tell anybody? No one told anybody. <laughs> but that's the youth, right? And I said, yeah, that's that's the hockey life, but it's a rough, rough go. Yeah. Um, surprises all the time. So anyways, it was for a young kid, right? It's It was a it was a shocker because, you know, I remember even the first time someone got traded and a veteran got cut. Yeah, we talked that about stuff. that, I think, yeah. It's like, it's shocking, right? Because yeah. it sinks your team, but it's now it's not minor hockey anymore, right? It's, a, it's, it's the business of hockey. So uh, a lot of these things, he's experienced all these things, new ownership this year and all that stuff and everything. If you look at it, like... It, what goes through the kids' minds and probably the parents too is, oh no, what's happening now? And you, right. you have all these things. But we were having a good talk. I let it marinate for a bit. And uh, so his new coach, Scott Walker, was, he's awesome. He used to coach the Gulf Storm before as well. What an awesome hockey player this guy was. Hard working, tough, can play. Tough. And, and then he coached and he was just with Vancouver and he came back to coach the Storm. And, uh, you know, so Charlie and I talked about it and um, I said, you know what? Here's the thing, son, and this is like not for my son now. This is for all the kids. It's like as you're playing the game, especially as you go to higher levels, things are going to be – they're not going to be the same as they were. It's, it's, it's totally different. So, you know, a lot of the times you look at – you know, you, so this is the outlook when you get – when you got drafted, right? Oh, George Burnett's my coach. This is going to be awesome. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's experienced and all that kind of stuff and n- never even thinking that that wouldn't be his coach for the next four years. Right. And that happens all the time. You know, Eric Wellwood and I talked about that when, when he was working here last couple summers and he was saying how, you know, in junior, you're probably going to get, if you play for four years, probably gonna have at least three coaches, two to three coaches minimum. Right. And that happens in the NHL and stuff too. Yeah, and if, if not the head coach, the surrounding personnel and all that, absolutely. every year it changes. Your teammates change. You yeah. pull half a new lineup every year. Like, right. Right. Yeah. But, but it's such a, like, it's, you know, you're in love with your team and all that stuff. And then you get that punch in the head and as a, as a young young hockey player it's like oh you, you, is this good or is this bad so my we had a, a talk the last couple of days um not that he was worried necessarily but it's always that it's uncertain there uncertainty it is. Yeah, uncertainty like it. what's gonna happen will the coach like me will you know will george be around because he's got a huge soft spot for george right even though george is like rough and gruff yeah, and hard ass, yeah. old school and stuff yeah. but you know there's a there's a love and a hate for him right which is that's hockey right so uh as we talked i said well here's here's the thing that i know here's the thing i know uh your, your new coach is 
knows hockey inside out. He's very, very good at what he does. He's uh, intense and actually plays his... You play a similar game that he did, yeah, so that might be top. good, but that's irrelevant right now. Uh, but the bottom, because I said the bottom line is that you're going to, doesn't matter who your coach is. You don't even have a choice, right? Exactly. It just, but it, does, it doesn't even matter who your coach is. You just have to play. So uh, the other thing is, is that if you are going to go play in the NHL, if you play for five years, you're going to have more than one coach. But the thing is, if you play, if you play four years of junior, you have the same coach. I'm not saying this is bad, but if you have one style coach, one certain way, and maybe he's a really good communicator, right? And you play for this really good communicator, and then you get a coach in the NHL that doesn't say two words, just do this, do that. Yeah. And he's... Brent Sutter. Okay, there you go, yeah. Brent, uh, Sutter. Yeah. yeah uh, you get that, and it's all of a sudden it's a shock to you, and you've never had that experience before. It's like, oh, I don't know how to handle this. Or vice versa, you go to... Anyways, my point is that it's a really good thing in my mind that you have an excellent coach, a new excellent coach with uh, a new energy, Um and and uh, what new ideas he's just came be from different. the NHL. Yeah, yeah. He'll, for sure it'll be different. It is yeah. good, but it doesn't matter. That's right. So you know, and, you know, the rumor is that you know he likes to skate. Guys, I go good because that's what you do in the NHL. You have to skate, like all these things. So the harder it is in junior for you, the better it'll be later on. <laughs> you right. know, and to experience different voices, different uh, different styles, and all that kind of stuff is only going to make you a more uh, rounded person. Yep. And um, maybe he won't like you. But the one thing that you can control of everything is how you play. And that's what I say to the kids all the time. It's like all the stuff doesn't matter. All you can do is what you can do. Stay in the moment. Do who You are what you are. Play hard and do what the coach does. Yeah. And you do it as hard as you can. And that's how you have success in hockey because things are never the same. Right. I think that's a really good point about as you get to higher levels, you start to take the minor hockey. Like there's no shielding you from the business part now. No. Right. So why didn't they tell us it's like because they don't owe you any explanation like no. you, you work for them that's like right that's that's what it is they right. can do whatever they want yeah a side note to that though i would love to be at some point in that room like in the management room when they're making decisions like this just to see like what the thought like i'm curious as why why would he he's coaching gm and obviously that's a ton of responsibility in two areas yeah, i think that was but, a big big factor it's a lot of work man. but he's done it a lot he's done it before he's yeah you know, sometimes he does both, sometimes he does one, sometimes he does the other, whatever. So I, I would just be curious to hear like how some of those decision-making processes go and how they decide on who the coach is and which guy they're going to go with and all that stuff. And obviously with the situation with Guelph, with Scott, that obviously seems like it makes sense. But for other situations where they're pulling in someone from the outside, like a, a random new hire, that'd be really interesting to follow along with that. But it's a really, it's a really good lesson for, for the kids to learn. Cause even if you're not playing in the OHL, if you're playing any junior higher level team where coaches are trying to progress now as well. And like, these are, these are how people make a living and it's their job and that kind of stuff. Nothing ever is the same year to year. I remember going from my first year to my second year, it was like half the team was different. Half the team, not, not two guys were gone. Not one guy got traded. Not one guy got cut. Half the lineup was different. You know, coaching staff is different. People that are more in touch with the players are different every year it's always different you know and then you learn and grow and now you're different the, the boys that you have on the team your buddies they're different everybody everything changes a lot every year it's not the same as you know you have your same triple a team for more or less your same triple a team for five years probably you know yeah for there's the probably most part. a few guys that change yep. here and there the odd team will get the big overhaul some year when there's a bunch of new players whatever but for the most part you're playing with the same core of guys your whole youth hockey right 
so it's a, it's a very good lesson to understand because you're going to get hit with that uncertainty because it's going to change your coach, your GM, whoever's calling the shots. It changes all the time. And for like, just for me, as an example, you, I know you, it's, it was the same thing. I played on two different junior teams. I had one, two, three, three different coaches, three different head coaches, two or three different general managers, and a whole bunch of different assistant coaches and player coaches, development coaches, skills coaches. Everything is different, you know? So it's very, it's important to know that that's coming down the pipe and it's not something that you shouldn't be able to handle. You know, it shouldn't be a blindside hit that, you know, somebody that you didn't realize that your coach is going to, could change or, or whatever. But, um, so it's good. It's, it's nice that Charlie, when he's young, starts to go through it and get some different styles. And he has the safety net of knowing that he's actually a good coach. So whatever his style is, is irrelevant. You know that he's going to be a decent coach. It's not that you're not going to learn anything or you're not oh, going to. Oh, he's going to learn. So, he's going to learn a ton. He's exactly. going to learn a ton. This is, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, the guy is an experienced hockey guy. He's intense. He's, he's, he's passionate about hockey. Just came from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he was on the coaching the team Canada U18, all this different stuff. He's very, very well experienced. But, um, but the other thing I was thinking about this is when you go into the league, like, so Charlie at the end of the year, he's, he's got his opinions on how he played, how it went well, how the coach said, okay, so this, this, and this is good. You know, fix this a little bit. Uh, you know, next year, this, this, and this is probably what I'm projecting you as, and that's all good. And then that's gone now. Yeah, it's all different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in your in your four or five years as a junior, you just or, or a pro, you just never know. You can't project anything. So you could. So let's just say, I mean, it was like a good year just because the the, the coach just, you know, I'm going to make it work for you. And then a coaching change that could be gone. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, I don't like your style that much. You got to fix this, this, and this. You're on the fourth line, and you and I don't see eye to eye. And you can go from that. Well, because it's so subjective. 100%. Right. And then vice versa, right? You could sit there and be struggling, but then the, a new coach comes in. And it's like, I like this kind of this mm -hmm. kind of player. So the, the bottom line is you got to just play your game. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't sit there and say what you're going to be like in three years as a team or what your role will be on that team because it could change so much. So the, th the thing that I want to just stress with the kids and the, you know, when parents are talking to their kids is don't get all hung up on all the noise and just, again, I was talking to a friend yesterday about stuff like this is what's important now. What, you know, stay in the moment, control what you can control. And that's your, you can work out and get as strong and fast and lean and healthy as you can. You can practice hard. You can work hard, play as hard as you can, follow the rules, follow the systems and do it the best you can. And if that doesn't work, then that doesn't work. Yeah. There's nothing else you can yeah. do. And you sometimes know, a it personality conflict yeah. or whatever, or, but you can't worry about it. Right. Cause that's where your stress comes in. So you got to understand if you're a good hockey player, you have to believe that and act as if good things are going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why wouldn't they like you? No, that's the, that's the, Big, big reason why it's important that you are adaptable. You're not very, like, you're not super rigid in what you're um, expecting of yourself or what you think you can do. Because a lot of, a lot of players when they're young, and this is the other thing with young players, you see some kids, a lot of kids, they. I remember this this conversation happening all the time. Everybody wants to be the point guy, and everyone thinks they're the point guy. And so, if you don't get power play, it's like, well, why? How am I supposed to be on the fourth line? Like, I'm a guy that's supposed to make plays and. And all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but that's not what the coach thinks. The coach doesn't think that. So now what do you do? You just sit and have a sore ass and you keep trying to play your playmaking game when you're being a fourth liner. You can't do it, man. Won't work. And that's where a lot of the conflict will start to happen. 
you know? So if you're not happy with what the coach thinks of you, then there's nothing you can do about that. It's up to you to just talk about it with them, one, and then make adjustments that work within their system. You know, you can't just say, well, he doesn't like me and, and now I'm screwed. And I got, everyone says that I got screwed. This guy screwed me, this team screwed, this coach, it was everybody else's fault. And he didn't see what I could do and wouldn't play me the way I'm supposed to be played and all this kind of shit. And at the end of the day, none of that matters because he's the guy that gets to pick. So you need to figure out a way to make your game work with whoever is coaching you. And it might be a guy that loves you exactly as you do you. And it might be a guy that says, I don't like that. I don't like how you're doing that. You need to change it. And if you don't, you're not going to play. Yeah. And There's some had, guys you'll never do anything right. That's right. Even yeah. if you're doing it right. I've had, I've had all three of those situations. I've had a guy where it was like, no matter what I do, I can, I'll get an opportunity. I've had a guy where it was like, it doesn't matter what you do, you won't get one. And I've had other guys where it's been a mixed bag. It was like, it just depends on the day. You know? And it's hard to read that as a kid. It's hard to be mature enough to handle that in your own head. But that's it's part of the deal. So the sooner you can kind of get to get grips with that, the, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, being adaptable, you just made me think of something here, uh, something that I think I was going to talk about in regards to this. So you'll see in the junior level, um, kids that and parents that want the easy road, a lot of the times, or don't want to fight through the struggles or be adaptable, as you said. Like the so George Sapier's book actually talked about adaptability, right? Yeah. Said if you'd be a cockroach, we cockroaches been around, they, yeah, they can't right, kill the a off. Dinosaurs right. weren't adaptable and they're dead. The cockroaches live, so be a cockroach. But anyways, my point to that was uh not that it's a point to that, but it's a point. Uh so a lot of times the guys will get frustrated, it's ice time, right? You hear it you, you hear it all the time, or he shouldn't be playing wing, he should be center, shouldn't be center, shouldn't be wing, he should be on the power play this, and parents and agents and kids if you get into a pity party, then the next thing is, well, we're going to ask for a trade. We're getting traded. Get out of here. So trade deadline comes and you get traded. This is actually what could happen, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you go to a team where you thought it was better, but it's the same thing or a different thing. It's the same shit, different pile. You Maybe it's you. So then, then all of a sudden you get traded. A couple months later, you have a new coach on the old team. And you look back and you go, oh. That might have been good for me, right? And then who's who knows that guy that you just got traded from could get hired on the next team that you're on, anyways. <laughs> so the point is, is to be adaptable, as you said, and to uh, just play the game. Don't complain, man. Don't complain. And you know, and this other thing I was telling Charlie, we we're watching the Spitz uh, Hamilton series, and I'm just watching. I said, do you notice who the, the the? It's pretty cool to watch the finals, especially when we know a lot of the kids, right? And uh, you see the older, like who's getting the ice? Who's get? Who's the stars right now? It's usually the older guys. So in Windsor, it's the Will, uh, the Will Cooley, and it's the, um, what's his name? J- Wyatt Johnson. Johnson, D'Amico, those guys. And then you got Arbor Jacki and uh, McTavish. Yeah, sure. They're all the older guys. And it's like hard for a kid to see when they go in the league. In order to win in this league, you have to be an older team. So your time's coming and just pay your price. Because if you look back and let's take Arbor Jacki for an example. When he first came in the league, he was a year later because he didn't get drafted. And then his first two years were like, he was just struggling to get ice. Now he's a star. So this, there's a lot to the stick to right? There's a process. Sure, there's man. a freaking process, man. And if it, and everyone is in a rush to be the star. But like I said before, if you were Pee Wee and I pulled you up to the major midget team, what do you think? That's a big jump. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in junior. Yeah. It's different, but it's the same. Yeah. That's not even a sentence, but, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So yeah. patience, stick to it, and trust the process and do the work over a long period of time. 
that's how you have success in, in hockey. Too yeah. many people quit too soon. Well, and they quit or they do what you said. It's I want to sh- jump ship. To yeah, it's better team. somewhere else. Dude, this is shit. Dude, this is like, and I did this for sure. Like, there's no, I'm not pretending I didn't do it because I remember sitting on the bench when I'm 16, looking at my coach like, how the hell is that guy on the power play? And I'm not. Well, you're 16, bro. How about you relax for a couple years, right? So you have to learn how to play the game. I didn't know how to play the game when I'm 16. I just came out of AAA. What do I know? I don't know anything. You know, I remember, I vividly remember being sour ass, going home, bitching to my parents about it. I did all that shit. So I'm not pretending I, d- I didn't do it. But for the most part, when if you're the guy that's jumping team to team, you are the problem. It's not somebody else. It's not somebody else. You know, very, very rarely is it you're actually getting screwed. Very rare. But everyone says I'm getting screwed. Right. And, and it's, it's very infrequently the odd time. Like I'm sure somebody can tell me a story about a kid actually getting screwed. That makes sense. Fine. That's fine. But the vast majority of the time, it's you, the player. That's the issue. It's a lack of maturity. It's a lack of understanding the game. It's a lack of understanding your role. It's a lack of understanding your age. It's a lack of understanding your experience. All of that is what, what ends up playing. And you see these kids, all I talk kids in here do the same thing. The guys that we train, they come in and everyone's got a complaint about what thing happened unless you're the guy that gets that gets all the juice right if you get the guy that gets all the juice then it's no problem but for every for everybody else it's like man it's 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 normally going to be you that's yeah. the issue well, okay so let's two scenarios and i got a little quick story after george burnett's been was in this league for the last 32 years in this league or in the nhl or whatever right in pro hockey 30 years it's not him it's you. He's got experience. He's got knowledge. He's got, uh, when, when you think we shouldn't do this or, or why this, it's, uh, that's, it's, it's just do it. Just do it. You'll learn. Scott Walker's coming in, right? He was just a, a player development uh, coach for the uh, Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, he, he's running all that kind of stuff. He's so connected. He understands this game so well. If you, if you, don't, if you don't think you're going to learn something from this guy, you're nuts. This guy has a ton of experience and knows what the heck he's doing. So what, maybe if he says, I need you to be a penalty killer and you don't think you are, or you're on a third-line guy and you think you're on, you should be a first-line guy, maybe just do that because he probably has a really good idea what type of player, player you are. Probably a really well, good and idea. And that's my favorite, right? It's like you take you take a guy that's been a coach for 30 years or a guy that's been a coach for 15 years and has won a couple championships and has been around the NHL and the OHL, and then you think he's dumb. Like your dad says he's stupid or he doesn't know how to play you properly or whatever. And it's like, that's like, that's like the people that go to the doctor and say, well, not listening to the doctor. Like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, well, he's the doctor. You're actually not the doctor. So I don't know who I should listen to, but it seems like it should be the doctor. So it's like, you got this guy that's got all this experience. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And you hear it all the time. The players, the parents too, man, the parents, the dads, moms their kids getting screwed and all this shit it's just it's funny because it's not the case at all yeah i told that to charlie going into into guelph i said he you know because he's a kid he was asking you know hope george likes my style this when he when he first went to guelph and i said yeah it's it's great but i said i'll tell you one thing you're not going to do is you're not going to impress him because he's (laughs) he's coached 200 of you like he's not gonna sit there and go this charlie kid is is the best right winger I've ever seen in my life. That's that's right. guarantee you he's not going to say that. Yeah. And Scott Walker is not going to sit there and they they they're going to like you as a player, but you're not going to be the end all be all. They've seen you. Well, it's like you 100 said hundred times, man. That's right. That's <laughs> like you said. It's like they've 
they've coached everyone thinks they're going to go in and be different you know we've talked about this before too like you think you're going to go on your junior team and you're going to be the guy that's different the odd time you're there's a guy that's different but for the most part there's been 35 of you through this team in the last 10 years man 100 like there's see the banners up there yeah yeah those are guys that were just like you so there's so many good players that go through these teams man it's like so it's very important to have some humility and some self-awareness when you go into these situations and it's important lesson to be aware of as a kid and it's not that you're going to understand it either that's the other part you can you can you know do all the mental preparation you want until you're like you always say you don't know what a banana tastes like till you eat one it's like you can do all the mental preparation you want. It's still going to be tough. It's still going to be a challenge to do the kinds of things that we're talking about. But it's important that you are at least aware of it going in so that you're not doing the pity party blame game. I need to get traded. I need to play on a different team, whatever. Because grass isn't always greener on the other side, number one. And it's probably you. Probably two. you. It's you. Fix right. you. Yeah, fix fix you. you. Own yeah. it. That's what Jocko Willing says, right? Own your own. Yeah. Take ownership. Yeah, you know it's it's it, called it's extreme ownership. Like own. even, even if it's not you, let's say, let's say you're getting screwed. Right. Even if you are actually the case where you're getting screwed, pretend it's your fault. Right. Act like it's your fault. What would you do if it was your fault? Try to do that. that that's the only way to make it better, even if you are getting screwed. You know, so that's a good point on yeah, that one. On the problem. So uh, I think for, fairly quickly. So uh, uh, a guy that I played hockey with, let me back it up. Sent me an email the other day. Really, really good friend, old friend. OK, um, you met him a couple years ago. He popped in to see here with his dad. Um, anyways. Um, he texts me. He goes, "Can I can I talk to you? I got I want to talk to you about hockey." And I'm like, "Hockey, really? Like, yeah, I'm having issues about uh, like I, I'm going back in the past. And it's getting more vivid right now." So I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." Like, he's a dear friend of mine, right? So uh, he called and he goes, "Any, I don't understand, man." He goes, "I just if I have a few drinks." And my girlfriend keeps telling me to just shut up, man. He goes, "I'm living in the past with hockey." And he goes, "I didn't do anything." So he ended up playing in the at the university level. But in between, he quit, right? Uh, quit hockey because just for things. So as he was talking about it, he was going like, why am I, why, why do I keep going back to this? And I'm like almost reliving it. And then I started getting really angry with myself because of all the mistakes I made and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if I helped that much, but I said, I do the same thing, dude. I said, like, there's times where I sit there and I go, things remind me of the, I, if I would have done that differently, I would have been a lot better player. If I, you know, maybe things would have happened. Sure. I do that all the time. I said, I, so I told him, I said, I think it's because it's, you grew up in hockey, man. It's the greatest thing in the world, the locker room, the games, everything about hockey. It's the greatest times of your life and all that kind of stuff. But, but he goes, I didn't know how to work hard. Like he goes, I didn't know, didn't know all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, most of us didn't back then. And they either were just good enough or you weren't. Yeah. And I think just, just on my, my two cents on it too, because I know you, you I'm sure you guys in the in the terms of the living in the past kind of thing. Yeah. Cuz one thing I've I've uh accepted with myself now too is I don't really do that. Like it, there's a there's a difference between reminiscing about old things that old stories and whatever and when I see my buddies I played with talking about it and that kind of stuff and still being there. You know, yeah. there's a difference yeah. between Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right? And and it's important that you you have to come to accept at a certain point, whether it's as soon as you stop playing or whatever, if you were someone who maybe had a little bit of a potential or had a chance to go and do maybe better things that didn't end up working out is that a lot of this stuff is, is things that you can't control. You know, there's a huge amount of it where we talked about it when we were mentioning the hard work thing. It's like, you can work as hard as you want. Sometimes things don't line up for you, man. 
and and there's it could be a million reasons for that. You broke your leg. You didn't work smart enough. Your training was wrong. Your there's a whole bunch of things that could have went wrong. And for a lot of a lot of people, because a ton of guys are in the, that position where it's like they were good but just not good enough, or they were good enough but something just didn't go their way, or they made a wrong right turn or whatever. And a lot of it sometimes will come down to get just guidance, like because that's what I've come to accept with myself. Even not saying that I would have made the NHL or anything like that, but I know that I was a good I was a good player. I know I was a good player, and things could have went different. I could have had a different trajectory if exactly what you said if I would have done this different if I would have done I can play that game all day but at the end of the day the the rationalization I give myself is like I did the best I could with the information that I had you know and if, had I had I had a, a bit more guidance along the way maybe that would have helped and and that's what you have to come to accept it's like not everybody can be there man and and most guys aren't there and you're not you're not any different than the thousands and thousands of very good players that just couldn't couldn't get over that last little bit for whatever reason you know and if you're somebody who you know you personally cost yourself because of your own stupidity some guys are like that we talked about Ryan Leaf last week with the NFL quarterback still even though he can say that was totally my fault for doing that the guy, nobody, obviously nobody taught him. Obviously nobody, he didn't have any guidance or somebody to lean on to help him work through that, you know? So a lot of times it's it's not even necessarily your fault. And if that's something that can maybe, if you can come to terms with that and start to accept that a little bit, because I see it with guys that I played with all the time too. It's like we talked about, last, you, you talked about your buddy you hadn't talked to for 20 years or whatever. And you're like, you're the same, man. Yeah. You're the same. Yeah, you know, change. It's that so there it takes some some maturity with yourself to, you know, come and come to accept that and you have to grow up. But I told bit. my I told my bud when he when he called me yesterday, I said the, the, the great thing about you is you recognizing a oh. flaw. You know, I said that's that's, it, that's self awareness, dude. Yeah. Like, oh that's, that's progress, huge, man. that's growth, that's uh self awareness, that's uh that's a that's a person that uh, recognizes he's got something that he needs to deal with and you reach it out, which takes some balls yep. to say, Hey, Hey buddy, like we're friends, right? Hey buddy, like I need, I'm going to be weak enough right now or strong enough, whichever way you want to look at it to call you to ask for some little bit of help and guidance on something. Yep. You know, that takes some balls to, because yep. you know, at 50, 50, he's, he's going to be 53 as well. He could uh, pretend that everything's under control, but he had the, the guts to call me and say, "Hey, listen, I, I, I think I have an issue. Can you talk to me about it?" Yeah, hundred percent. And he was so, so thankful about it, and I was so thankful that I could do yeah. that for a friend. Well, and you have to, you have to be able to move on, man. That's the thing because you can play the, you can play the. If I would have, if I should, I should have done this. I would have done that. It would have been way better. This, but well, it didn't happen, man. Yeah, if I was born right? ten years earlier, yeah, well, that would have yeah, been great. Exactly, right. So you can only control what you can control, man. It's important that you start to get get yourself out of that, accept what happened, whatever, and, and grow up from it kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's a topic one day, maybe. Yeah. Guys talking about the past, living in the past, the hockey, it's like, it's, it's pretty, everywhere too. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Even, even like, uh, I got a lot of friends, played yeah. played bro, and that's all they can ever talk about. It's just, they never, ever get to move on. And uh, I guess it makes you feel good, but like, there's cool. no progress. And that's what we talked about, I think last week, it's about you got to progress in life you got to get you got to you got to grow the, the only evidence of life is growth and what's this is my huge thing too love hockey man i love hockey it's a great game it's the best it's not the most important thing in the world man it's very very insignificant in the grand scheme of life and when you you're somebody who even as a as a professional or somebody who's just still in the game us our whole job is hockey 
It's like if all you ever talk about, all you ever do, all you ever mention, the only time you're interesting is if you talk about hockey. It's a very dull life, man. It gets old. It gets really old. It gets annoying to that's, listen to. That's why That's why I'm very proud of myself. I don't mean to sound like I'm proud of myself. No, <laughs> no. no I, but I'm very proud of myself for the fact that um, I could make my life all about hockey. That's right. But I actually, and I've said this, when people ask what I do, I do, I own a hockey business, but my purpose is to make people better. And and it, it comes out in a lot of different ways. So yes, hockey is a microcosm of life and hockey is all the things that you learn through hockey can be applied to life. But my, my most important thing in this is to have someone grow with me. Mm-hmm. So when, whether it's a student in their hockey, like I get very proud of my kids when they start accomplishing, like, for example, we have a very young group, which I never do anymore in shooting. And I'll be honest, if any of you are listening, I'm going to be just be honest with you. It's not my favorite thing to do. And it's like, I, I get ang- not anxiety, but I'm like, okay, because it's that what becomes hard for me because there's, I need to it. teach. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm good at is teaching and having a student that wants to learn and, and seeing like huge progress or little tiny increments of progress and that, that, that I can say, okay, the next step is this. So when you're, when I'm with a seven or 10 year old, that is not at the high level yet. It's like, for me, it's, it's hard work. So, but the beautiful thing was, is that my mindset was like, still be a good teacher, be a good, be, be a good role model. To these people give them everything they can. And so all the guys, this is four weeks of this now. And all the guys working, they said like, I'm, I, they are they're like, Got to be honest with you, Andy, they're all getting better. Like even the ones that couldn't shoot before. And that's like, okay, that's good. That's growth, right? And that's what's important is like, and and so I look at it a lot of different ways. It's good for the students, but it's also good for my employees. If I call them, I hate calling them employees, for the people that work with us to see that if you actually put the time in and you have a purpose and you do things properly, that you will see growth in in the students. So it's like, just because I work with the high-end guys doesn't mean that yours is meaningless. Right. There's this is the, the building that foundation and teaching the right way and doing drills that are appropriate for the age levels. When you see improvements like, OK, I can make so a, a new guy coming in to our business can say, OK, this is important and I can get results, too. Yep. This is how we grow players. And how much how much better is all the people that just heard that whole spiel you just went on? How yep. much better is that than, well, when I played for Team Canada, when I was. Yeah. No one cares. 17. Yeah, no one cares. Nobody gives a shit no. about what you did. That's right. 20, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. Nobody cares, man. Yeah. So it's it's not, if you don't have something that's greater than just hockey, right. it sucks to listen to you. Yeah. You're annoying to be around. Yeah. It's like you have to be able to break out of that and f- be able to focus on things that are a little bit more important, more significant than yeah. just when you played that one time many yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's like those no, five years yeah, of your right? life it's, that you... It's not important or relevant anymore. Yeah. No, you know? exactly. So. Well, so all that brings me to the next point. I was telling you yesterday, one of the boys in here, that was uh, he moved away and not playing at the highest level, but he's moving to uh, the West, out West this year to play on a pretty good league. So he was talking to me, speaking with me, I like using the proper term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Men of that. We got, we're English majors. Yeah. I like using the proper term. So he was speaking with me the last couple of times and um, I dis- dismissed his, um, not dismissed. I, I took what he was saying to me lightly because he's a kid still. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying to me was uh, I was, I was gone away 
And like I'm, I, the whole year, I was just thinking, I can't wait to get back to power tech. I can't wait to get my skills coach. I can't wait to get back in the gym. And I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Like, it's awesome. Like, it's good to have you back. And then he was at first trying to speak to me as a, having a conversation, like we're friends, like you and I would. And I was at first saying, yeah, cool, man. Like, keep her going. Like, not dismissing, but just surface level surface level stuff and then he kept talking to me so i engaged a lot more and then i found out where he was from like where his head was at so back up a little bit about five years ago so i had a guy named brett belmore so up there he played for the carolina hurricanes and i trained him quite a bit growing up and then i hadn't seen him from his overage year in plymouth to uh one one or two years in the because he played because he would train in the summertime in the carolina system and he wouldn't come home which was good for him he'd stay there and work with the power skaters and all that kind of stuff they decided he wanted to come back home so i hadn't seen him for a couple years so i remember brett as a quiet quieter nice guy 18 years old never really had real deep conversations or anything as makes sense right So uh, he came on the ice and, hey, Andy, how's it going? I said, good, Brett, man, everything good? He goes, yeah. So he was talking a little bit. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Like, cool. Like, awesome. Let's, let's go get him. Yeah. Surface level, right? Yeah, but then I thought, I said, wait, 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 wait a second. This, this, this guy is six foot four now. Came up to me and he was having like, I realized as we were doing the drill, I said, I, I feel bad right now. Because this guy was having a conversation. And my point is, I was picturing him as a kid still that, was just here to get yeah, some hockey training. Talk, yeah. So after the session, I go, hey, Brett, come here for a second. So he came over and I said, I have to apologize. I said, because when you came up to talk to me, and then, you know, I'm getting ready to do the camp and the, the clinic and all that kind of stuff. But when you were talking to me, I wasn't in my head in any way, shape, or form, even though you're wearing a Carolina uh, Hurricanes jersey, pictured you as an adult having an adult conversation asking me how my life is and, and having an actual normal discussion so he laughed he goes no oh, that's all right I said no it's not actually it's not all right it's 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 uh, it was disrespectful but it was just like a, a little gap there he goes no no cool so we ended up we t- started speaking and we were on the ice like on the benches talking for a good 10-15 minutes about the the last couple of years and the progress and and how's he how's he doing and like, he's an adult now man he's yeah. a man now and he's talking to me about adult things yeah. so it, it it always resonated with me like there's a point where a guy to, like the kid turns into uh, uh more of a man and they need to be treated like more of a man so that you can kind of grow together right so that's what happened the other day this this young guy so he'd be 18 i think and he was asking questions, but he was telling me, like, I'm really happy to be back. So then I just started asking more questions. I said, well, tell me about your training. Like, what was it like? And he goes, well, nah, 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 nah. I said, okay, so are you, are you, you were working out here last summer and, you know, how are you feeling? What, what are you looking forward to? And he started expressing, like, what he wants out of this. So, you know, it's college. He wants to get to college and he's going to the appropriate league to get that done. And it's like, if I don't have that actual conversation with him, I don't actually know where his head's at. And he's an adult now. Like, like he's an adult. He's 18. He's not 12. So he's speaking to me like, okay, coach, I'm so glad to be back with you, which a lot of kids just say, just because oh, I'm glad to be back, and they, then they screw the pooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was actually, I'm really good, glad to be back because my goal is this, and I want to get going. And so I was asking about eating and just getting into details, and he was, like, getting excited and fired up, and it's – I haven't done anything spectacular to him, but I, I have always paid attention and tried to make him grow. But he thinks that highly of us that 
that he wants to invest his his time and energy and his brain space with us. So there's just a, my point to this is there's a space where kids are kids and we need to ask them questions and we need to get engaged with them, especially the ones that are true. And then like, so this one here, he could have kind of been one of the most, like most guys and just like, I'm just going to play because I love it, but he has a goal and he's actually not bad. He's a good player. So he's going to take this energy that we have and, and, and maybe we make a difference. Maybe we make a difference, but at the end of the day, if we don't, if it, if hockey doesn't turn out, uh, we have a friend and we have an advocate and we have his respect and his family's respect. And he, there's a chance that if he needed something in other area of life, he might ask us our opinion and vice versa. There might be a point where he turns into something that I might need. And I have an ally or someone that would be willing to reciprocate that's the, a mutually the, the beneficial, yeah. mutually beneficial situation. Yeah. So, anyways, I find it very interesting that that gap. Mm-hmm. When I, I, if I'm talking too much, just say so. But I, I find it interesting that gap of when they're little boys doing hockey drills and hoping their wrist shot gets better, to seeing them asking questions. Right. Then you see this at about the 14 to 16 year olds, the ones that care. They're start, going to start asking you little questions, right? They're going to ask like, okay, we, you know, that when you're talking about that shot or this movement, I feel this, I feel that. And it's easy to say as a coach, just, okay, well, whatever, we'll talk about it later or just dismiss it. But there's those are the kids that are going like, I want more. And it's important. And there's the ones that grow into the kids that are mature in, in, in the hockey world anyways. And, yep. and they're the ones that you're actually going to really help. And you're going to see that go flip from, how does my shot get better? Coach, did you see that? The approval piece, right? Uh, or when you see them get frustrated and they come up and explain, you know, I did that wrong because of this. It's like, they're so interested. Yeah. They're dying for you to just teach them and, and mold them and shape you, right? Yeah. So it's like, as a coach, you just really want to take that and harness it. And then the last thing is you're going to start seeing, not the last thing, but the next piece, you're going to start seeing them ask about the working out, like, what should I do and sleep? And like, you're getting a lot of that right now. And it's just so easy to take the, the the group as a whole and just blurt out certain things and forget about the individual, right? Oh, yeah, that's a great point, man. You know, and, yeah. and to understand that this kid is, is... And then what you have to understand as well is that that kid might be you. Remember when you wanted shit and you just wanted someone to really, really teach you mm-hmm. and to really spend time and then what would you do for that person? you go through the freaking wall. Dude, this is like... And that's what I see. That's what I see when I see kids asking questions and 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 dying for the for a little bit of help because you know that they're they're interested and it's like now it's my jo- now it's our job yeah to to make that kid feel like not feel like a million bucks that's not the point but to give him something that he can sit back and say okay this guy's helping me and i, I want more yeah all right good man i have so many thoughts about this good right now. Oh, good this go think, okay, think away because man like i might yeah if I, I i might get all over the place here so if i do just you tell me this time all right yeah <laughs> but Man, this is the whole reason I love working with the, this age group of 14, 15, 16 to 20, because it is that transition. It's the boys become men transition period, you know, and it's it's fascinating to me because to your last point there, I was that kid. But if you if I would have had someone that I could lean on, that I could get an extra bone from because they could see that I was working hard. I would have killed to have that man when I was in that that ex- this exact age group that they're in, 14 to 20. Like I would have died to have somebody like that, you know, where I was just around them every day in the environment every day, 
giving me actual well thought out good advice on how to get to a better position help you think help me think like help that let you think but help you think facilitate that process right mm-hmm. of making them of making them grow you're making me grow into a man now as opposed to just behaving like a little boy and we'll i'm going to get to that in a bit like that because i you see it all the time with the kids that are still 21 to 25 to 30 it's like you're acting like a man child and it's embarrassing and it's actually not good for you at all you know? And so I, that's what I love about working with these guys because you see that you can see it in their eyes, man. You talk to these kids, it's like you throw them a little bit of something extra. Some of those kids just latch right onto it. And it might be a kid that you don't think would do it, you know? And so we got, I got one kid I'm thinking of right now, which who I want to talk to you about after, by the way, he's, uh, he's right in that, that age group. He'd be 14 turning 15. And I'm so impressed with how this kid's been doing through the off season right now. And it was a kid that I had a big question mark about in my head. I was like, I don't know if he's got the attitude. I don't know if he's got the drive to do it. I don't know if he's going to be consistent. And it's like, here he is every day. And he's he's showing up. He's asking questions. And and I can see him start to, the, the gears are starting to turn for the first time. He's starting to think about things, you know. And it's it's so fun to be able to teach the kids that. It's like yesterday when I asked them, or I'm explaining a workout to them, or I'm explaining a principle of why we're doing something. I always make them try to answer the question before I tell them the answer, because it just makes them engage. It makes them think about what they're doing. And it's not that they can't think about it. It's that no one has ever asked them or told them to think about it. And this is the first time a lot of them in those, those development years, 14 to 20, when the boys start to mature, it's like, this is when somebody needs to be poking that button. Someone needs to flip that switch for them, you know, and the kids take it, man. They, they will take it. They will do it. You'll see it in not a majority of the kids, but the kids that are consistent. Every single one of those kids, the kids that are here every day and they don't miss every single one without fail that we have in here. And that, that what's been in my experience, all of them do better, get better, want to be better, start to ask the questions and they start to act like a grown up, you know? And that doesn't mean that you can't behave like a kid ever. That's not what we're saying. But there's a time and a place for each thing. And when you're in a, a training phase or you're trying to be a professional hockey player, or you're trying to be elite at what you're doing, that needs that switch needs to be turned on when you're in those moments. You know, And that's, that's what I love about being in the position that we're in, man. We get to turn the switch on for a lot of these kids and watch them. And, and there's, I, I promise anyone who's, who's listens to this or meets some of those real consistent kids that come out of this gym, you'll be able to tell the difference between them and the next guy. Not, and it's not because of their hockey playing. It's because of how they're conducting themselves, how they present themselves, how they speak, all those things that make a boy act like a man instead of stay a boy. Those are the things. That's where the edge comes from being in a place like this because that's what we're trying to plug the whole time. You know, Because that makes them better as hockey players, but then just as people in general after that. And it's just, it's such an awesome, such a great, a great thing to be able to, to be a part of when you get to see that transition happen, whether it's with what, whoever you're talking to, whoever I'm talking to, it's just so awesome to be a part of that, man. I love, I love doing it, man. Well, it's a huge thing. Like, you know, a lot of people don't really get this. You know, I say this every time I do a a camp and there's new kids around or newer kids or kids from out of town and stuff. I always give the one, uh, the one speech, I guess you'll call it, is that when when you when you come to my camp on the ice off the ice it's there is no like you make everybody feel comfortable and i got a point to this you make everybody feel comfortable and welcome 
because if you if you don't and if you like it's easy to pick on the new guy or the small guy at a hockey camp or if you go to a camp and let's say you're from out of town and most of the kids are mostly local there is an uncomfortableness to it because you don't know people and it's like some guys will refuse to go to places like that because maybe they even had a bad experience before so i make sure that gets out of the way and like the the guys that are the cool guys or whatever are welcoming to the new, the new guys because the other the, the thing on that is at some point every single one of you if you plan on moving on in hockey you will be the new guy and the last thing you ever want is to be the one picked on or left out or whatever right so it's it's really really important and when you go to your first junior camp out of town and you don't know players you'll understand what i'm talking about you don't want the guy that you kind of look up to or is the star player or the cool guy treating you like a bag of shit or ignoring you because ignoring is even worse just high like play right so my point of that is like in this gym as well or on the ice is like i don't know you probably noticed this but i always when the kids come in i always go up to every one of them I always say, like, hey, Trevor, how you doing? He's got his book. And I, I might only just say, hey, Trevor, how you doing today? How is, uh, and he'll look at me shy because he's 14 or 13. And he can go, you know, good. I said, great. I said, how was school today? And like, what are you taking in school? Is it good? And they'll give me a little thing. And I try to do that to every single guy every single time because I'm old, right? And they might look at me like, who is this guy? But if, they, if I'm a friendly old guy that actually knows what he's talking about, but more importantly, no, they know that they that I actually give a rip about them. Then they actually want to perform, and that's not why I do it, but it's one of the reasons, right? Because I want them to perform and feel comfortable in their own skin and feel like, okay, this is a great place to be. And once, and so another point of that is that once they know that you care, and they and, and you tweak a few things, you never know when it sparks. And I've seen that so many times with the players. You set that spark where they because you don't know where what, the, what it's like at home, man. Or where they get their, uh, they may never hear a positive thing. It's not about being positive, or they might never get the attention. You don't know, or if it's attention is negative, right? So they, they, you don't know what it is. But I've seen it so many times where someone might just do really good at a squat in the gym, and it's pointed out, and it's like their confidence goes up just enough to make them want to do more and maybe even lead something, or it gives them a spark to do it on the ice or whatever. It's just that thing. That gets them going. Yeah, for so. sure. Well, I, I want to touch on the cool guy thing for a sec because yeah. that's a particular point of irritation for me. And not 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 because yeah. the kids are should know better necessarily because they shouldn't actually. It's just a normal part of being a teenager. You're really concerned about being the cool guy. So I get it and remember doing it too. But one thing that we we try to teach and I think is really important is you try you want to try to take that wall down because it's it's actually not about being cool it's about fitting in and not being embarrassed by being the guy that doesn't know any better or is inexperienced right so it's actually less about being in in the attempt to not be embarrassed or be the guy that stands out for the wrong reason it comes off as like you don't care you're trying to be cool or whatever and i work very diligently in here to try to tear that down as soon as possible so when we, whether it's asking questions and making them answer, because then I make them tell me the wrong answer, right? Because they don't know the answer and I know they don't know the answer. So if I'm asking a question like yesterday, for example, we were doing a 80% of our one rep max on our cleans. So, and I asked them, why is it 80? Why are we doing that? None of them know. Of course they don't know. How would they know? Scientists. But I want them to give me the wrong answer so that I can be like, no, no, it's okay. Like, think, tell me what you think. Tell, tell me what you think it is. 
no, that's wrong, but that's okay because you're on the right track right or whatever, right? So now I'm, I'm helping to, to get them to understand that it's okay to be wrong or it's okay to not know or it's okay to, to try to think about it and make a guess. Yeah. Because one of the things that happened yesterday. Like, give me a reason why. Exactly. Just give me something. Exactly. So I. I, I because you could hurt yourself. No, but that's a great answer. Yeah. 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 No, but I, that's not a bad thing to say right. about what we're doing, right? But I, I make them think about it because I'll say, why is it 80%? And all of them, what do they do? I don't know. Because they don't want to. They don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, you think what if for I'm, me. What if I'm wrong? Yeah. What if I say something out loud that's not right? Well, now the rest of the group is going to think that I don't know anything or I'm dumb or now I'm embarrassed or whatever. So I wait and I make them or I'll, I'll ask somebody directly. I single them out. And this mm-hmm. is something that people say, hey, we don't single people out yeah, anymore, we do. right? It's like, actually, we do. And it actually works. <laughs> it actually works pretty good. It's pretty good. Because they get over the moment of embarrassment and they realize, oh, that's not, I didn't turn to dust because of that, Right. And so the, the cool guy stuff starts to dissolve away when you realize that you're going to get humbled real quick. And it's better to be humbled sooner so that you don't feel that, that embarrassment if you're wrong or if you're inexperienced with doing something because everyone is, you know? So as soon as those guys come in, that's like number one task is we need to break through the cool guy thing. And it takes, it's a process, man. And the, the one kid I was talking about before that, that I've been really impressed with I'm seeing that start to dissolve and that's going to be a separating factor between him and some of his buddies that all their attitude is in question, right? We don't know about their attitude. They seem like they're busy being cool guy, right? And his is going to go away and that's going to be a leg up now that he has. That's a separating factor at a younger age, which is a benefit to him in terms of hockey because now people notice that you've just separated yourself. You've just done something to take a step forward and it seems like it has nothing to do with hockey playing at all. Because it doesn't really. It's more of just being mature, growing up a little bit, and and acting like a good person, like you got your shit together, you know. So that's that's the, the what I want to say about you know the the cool guy thing, because that's the most common thing I see with the teenager boys. Even I mean, girls do it too, but with the boys, because that's what we're working with primarily. Everybody wants to be the cool guy, you know. So we start to tear that down, and the kids that are consistent and that are here all the time, we're, I'm starting to watch it all float away and it's awesome man it's great to see because they're all going to be like far 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 better off not having the the little ego guard up because they're scared of being embarrassed or in a, or wrong about whatever you know they're they're doing they want to be an expert right away you know when you're 14 it's not possible yeah and it's a nice maturity to see kids when they do get humbled not excuse me not humbled in a bad way but when kids have a humbleness to them it makes everything so much better. Because remember, I've had a lot of NHL guys in this room, and they haven't. A lot of them don't treat the kids the way they should. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, hey, like I'm, I'm the best, and you should see my bags. You know, I'm, I'm on TV, and I'm the cool guy. Yeah. And it doesn't help anybody, mm-hmm. right? So I like the fact that we have like a nice group of, uh, like in, in, in the groups you're talking about under twenty. Uh, well, actually, some older guys too, but that come in here and they're, uh, you know, we've got some hockey bags sitting here with logos and stuff all over the place and the kids come and look like look at the skate and they go oh, wow your initials are on it your numbers on it that's so cool and then you know yeah yeah it's pretty good man like and they communicate yeah. with the kids like and their it's buddies like yeah. real cool so the thing is that kid if he gets to get his custom-made sticks and his logos and all that stuff when a kid comes up to him and says wow like, like those are cool skates like and you talk to that kid about like he's gonna be more natural to be nice to that kid and say what well, i remember when this boy or this guy player spent the time to explain how the skates were made and stuff like that and i like him i want to be like that not like the guy that says yeah hey kids 
Exactly. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's another point of becoming a man. Well, and, and this is, this is my goes kind of into what I wanted to talk about next is in the hockey culture, especially I find, I'm sure it's similar with other sports too, but as guys get more elite, for some reason they don't feel like they, or they just were never taught that they actually need to grow up a little bit. So one of the, another huge irritating point to me is the lack of responsibility that some of these older guys, like when you're over 16, you should be able to handle your own shit to a certain degree when it comes to like, what's your schedule? What time do I need to be places? Uh, Answering messages, answering emails, answering whoever, how to speak to an adult appropriately, that kind of stuff. Oh, you can see like a 22 year old that still can't do this. And it's like, it's embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing, especially if, especially if it's coming from an adult who's got like some type of um, position where they can help you and they're trying to do something for you. So one example that, that is just top of mind right now is we got this Sunday league, right? Yeah. For our, some of our more elite guys. Pro, pro junior college. college. Right. So this would be 16 and older. You're playing high level junior or pro or a college, right? These are the types of players. And the amount of messages that we send out and don't receive responses to, or guys not showing up and not saying anything. Or the one guy just doesn't show up. Yeah, or yeah, just not showing up. And he goes, yeah, so, know, why weren't you here? Exactly. So so I'll, t- I'll tell that okay. story quick. So we got a guy registered, good player, said he's coming, signed up everything, didn't show up. Send him a message, hey, we got another game on Sunday, just double checking that you're here. Or maybe you forgot. Maybe you forgot or whatever. And it's, oh, I, I'm actually not going to be able to make it at all so you can fill the spot. It's like, oh, so unless I messaged you, then I wouldn't have figured that out. Just keep right? waiting until I you show just up. Kept, right. And you're taking a spot from somebody else that would like to play. So things like that, it's, it's shocking to me how poorly equipped some of these guys can be at higher levels of hockey. And for the most part, it's because they are catered to the whole time they're coming through their youth hockey and then all the way through their, their junior hockey and then into college and whatever. And this is how you get the 25-year-old, the 30-year-old, the 35-year-old that still talks about the time he was in junior because he doesn't grow up, man. Yeah. He doesn't grow up. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching the, we had a, a skate here the other day, ice time before our ice time. And one of these guys that he plays in the OHL, supposed to be a top, top dog player. They, he rolls up with four of his buddies. I, saw, I see them pull in in their big truck with their tunes blaring, everyone with their straight build hat forwards and their shades on, coming out like Mr. Joe Cool Guy. Don't say hi to anybody. Walk right through with their bag, with their logo and whatever. And it's complete bullshit, man. Yeah. It's complete bullshit because that rope runs out, man. Yeah. That rope runs out. You end up being the 25-year-old that has nothing else going in life because you think that you're the best thing ever. You don't need to treat people properly. You don't need to behave like an adult. You don't need to be responsible. You don't need to take care of your own shit. And it's just embarrassing, man. That's all. What At, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You need to act like a grown-up at a certain point. You need to be somebody who's reliable. You need to be somebody that somebody else can count on. And especially when you're, you're in a position like as, a, as an elite, in the elite group of athletes, let's say, where people are looking up to you, it's, I can't believe how bad that is, man. I cannot believe how much of a problem it is. So this is a, I've seen this, ha- I've seen this develop for probably the last, I forget what exactly what the age group was, but it was not shortly after Zach Cassian's age. And I noticed all of a sudden that when I do my clinics, all the dads were there. Mostly, most of the dads were there. And it was, 
it was like I cater to my kid. And the kids are on the ice, and you see the dad running out on the ice with a 16, 18-year-old guy that's playing in the OHL. Going, you want water? You need water? I'll get you some water, man. Like, here's some freaking water. You're probably dying, right? And the kid goes, you know, yeah, thanks. Dad, can you grab me a little Gatorade after? And, you know, it's like, do stuff for me. And at the same time, all that, the dads are always the ones calling about, he needs this. What do we do? What do we, you know, how do we do it? And it's like, there was a baby, babyfication of a lot of the kids so that when they do become a 23 year old man, they don't have the decency because dad has always booked every session that they've ever done and communicated with the coaches and stuff like that. So when the kid, he just, and he waits for his dad to say, Hey, you've got skating today at one. Oh, okay. Grab the bag, drop me off and pick me up. And they don't have the uh, maturity, unfortunately, to make their own phone calls. So it's funny, ironically enough, we were talking about this. Is, um, told Charlie the other day, I said, so do you, did you figure out what days you want to do your jiu-jitsu? And he goes, oh, I'm still sorting it out. I said, okay, well, you, you're going to make that call, right? I said, but after like today, we're stopping at one place because it's just convenient. And he's going to go in and find out what is available. And he's looking for private lessons and stuff like that. So he's gonna he's looking at what's available, what suits, suits him. And then he's going to relay the message to me or whatever. And I said, that's good because I don't actually have the time or the energy to call the jujitsu guy and explain your life to the jujitsu guy and be the third party. Like he can do that. And the more that I give, throw on his plate, he's still young, but the more that I put on his plate to be responsible for and get back to people, the better off he's going to be. Right. Yep. So that's so that's that's on his plate now to book his own stuff and and it's and it's good so yeah. that you know go ahead well, well so i got just i want to do a couple because sure. i don't want to just be bitching at the kids yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, i want to give yeah. like some practical things to yeah. do so like just a few things if you're let's say 14 and older you can start to do these things if you're 16 and older you should be doing all of these things if you're 18 and older you, sh- you should be the only shouldn't one know who your parents things, are right yeah your parent i shouldn't have to talk to your parents yeah. ever yeah. right so first thing is being responsive to texts emails phone calls when people are trying to communicate with you that could be a coach that could be your teacher that could be your parents that could be your siblings that could be whoever your boss be someone who answers the message because what you're going to start to figure out is your decisions and things that you do actually affect someone else's life. Mm-hmm. So if you never have the experience of having to handle your own stuff, you won't know that me not answering actually affects somebody else, their plans or whatever they're doing. So example, our camp or our skates that we do on Sunday, if I don't know whether or not you're going to show up, that's actually a problem for me because I'm trying to fill the rosters up so that it's a good game so that there's enough guys so that we're not bagging the guys. So if you just don't show up, that actually causes me an issue, right? If you never come and pay for the thing that you're supposed to be paying for and I have to chase you around, that makes that actually affects my life. I have to take time out of my life to chase you around for something that you should just be responsible enough to take care of. So those are things that you'll start to learn, right? Take care of your own shit in general, right? So it could be paying for your own stuff, planning your own workouts, knowing what your schedule is, knowing what time you're supposed to be at wherever you're supposed to be. And if you're not sure, following up, making sure that 
everyone is on the same page with what the plan is for whatever it is you're doing. That's something you can start to do as a young person. If you need your mom and dad to call all the time, and if you're younger, I'm not saying that your parents can never talk to the coach or help schedule things because they're the ones driving you around and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But when we, for our 14 year olds that are working out, I don't talk to their parents ever unless it's something to do with who's paying or who's driving who's, yeah. or what time the thing is at yeah, an adult issue. Yeah. If it's an adult, if it's an adult thing. Right. So that's, those are two huge things. Like be, be responsive, communicate properly, communicate well, always. It's not okay to not answer texts. Like it's not okay to not answer when somebody's trying to message you. That's not something that's okay to do, you know? And that's how you start to learn how to, when it's appropriate to act like an adult, even if you're a kid, you know? And like I said, you realize that the things that you do actually affect somebody else. It's not just about you. Like you're not the center of the universe where, and the world just revolves around what you're doing. There's a lot of other things that go into you being able to do the thing you want, you know? So it's important that you're able to take care of that stuff. And then to the point you were saying about the parents, like you guys have to start to pay attention to this stuff, man. Like I cannot believe how underprepared some of these kids are with the, sh- the shit that they're supposed to be taking care of. I cannot believe it. And that comes down to parenting, man. Because that should be starting, like you said, as, as soon as you can, whatever is, the mo- is appropriate for the kids to be able to do at their age. When they're 10 years old, they should be saying hello to the adults when you guys are talking. They shouldn't be hiding behind your leg. They should be learning how to say hi, you know, and scale that as they get older. What is appropriate at their age that they can be doing? And they should be doing that, you know, and make them do it. It's actually a good thing because then you, you get everyone talks about how entitled kids are and all this shit. And that's how you get that. That's Absolutely. exactly how you get that. Absolutely. It's like you guys, you pamper your kids. You don't make them do anything ever. And now they're 20 years old and I can't get them to answer a freaking text of whether or not they're going to be here. You know, I have to chase them for $30 because they're, they're not responsible enough to come to me because they know that that's what they're supposed to do right now. You know? So it's, it's just, re- it's really important for the parents too, man. Like you, it's, it's <laughs> I can't believe it. It's actually shocking. To well, me. and so I'm going to give you the coach's perspective on that as well is I, from a different angle is uh, like I got a call the other day and um, the dad, kids drafted, dad calls and says, hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. Can he do this? And do you have room here? Do you have this, 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 and this? And it's like when dad calls at that level, I just want to hang up the phone. Yeah. I don't want to help. You know what I mean? I don't want to yeah, help. Because who wants I it? I want the kid. Yeah. And, and, when the, and then the dad tells me what they need. It's like, okay, this is a, you, you actually don't know. And this conversation is actually a better conversation with the hockey player. And he can relay that message to you or we could do it together. But when you, when, when, when the dad calls, when a kid's 17, 16, 20, in, in, in to 20, whatever, when the dad calls to say, what do you have? Like, what, can you get him in? I, I just want to hang up and say, well, no. Because at that point, if a kid can't learn how to pick up a phone and say, hey, coach Andy, Looking at getting an extra skate. Oh, here's because here's how it goes. When a guy my age calls for his 18 year old kid for ice, I don't care. I just want I, I I don't care. But when the kid calls at 18 or 16, says, "Hey, coach, uh, I'm looking at doing this, this, and this," I will go through a wall to get that kid on ice or or to do whatever I can to make that kid uh, have what he needs. When dad doesn't, no, thank you, because it's not not necessary. Kid can make well, that you, call. You don't know if the kid wants it now. That, well, that's it, that's my dad? point. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the dad says, well, you know, he needs this and we would like this, it's like, you don't even know. I'll talk to the kid, man. And I'll, I'll have a conversation with him. Um, 
anyway, so when when a kid goes and makes the phone calls and stops in, a couple of things happen. He takes responsibility for it. Number two, he builds a better rapport with coaches, which he's going to need if he's going to move on to a different level, right? And now, when when someone has the nuts to go and talk to a coach in real life, like if you don't, if you can't even phone your ice trainer or your gym guy or whatever it is you're doing to say, hey, do I have a session at five? I would like this. Then you're probably not going to do that with a coach. You're going to get your agent to do it. That is, that's not that helpful. Yeah. For your dad, now you're a pain in the ass. Yeah, and it's 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 just so, it's so important, man. It's just so important. I know you get I get fired up when I start talking about it because it's frustrating that it isn't taken care of. You know, when they, and it, and it's not about being perfect. It's like I'm not expecting to talk to a 14 year old who acts like he's 30. Like I'm not expecting that. Baby but, steps. But baby steps. That's all, right? Little bits of progress that show that this kid is actually starting to to mature and yep. to grow up, because it's very important for your own development that you can do that you know if you have there's very very few guys where they're like dad is still taking care of their shit when they come out here you know very mm-hmm. few guys that are going to be at the high levels doing that yeah you know and some guys still do it and it's not great but for the most part it's like you need to be able to take care of your own stuff man you got to be able to schedule your workouts you got to be able to stay on top of where you need to be what time you need to be there yeah. And it's just being reliable, man. Like you just have to be somebody who, who other people can count on. Like you want to be somebody who other people can count on. And that's your coach. When I look through my group chat with the 07 age group, I got 15 kids in this group and I get consistent answers from eight of them, mm-hmm. maybe 10. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you think that not answering that message is appropriate? Like, why do you think that that's just Especially fine? Especially you're so involved in helping. Exactly. Right. And, that, and that's what I mean. Coming from someone who actually gives a shit yeah. that wants to help you. Yeah. And you're going to just not, not answer that. Yep. You know, we gave one of the guys, one of our OHL guys, we, we've all given him shit about it for that, for that, whether it's with his parents or with, with us, with his friends, whatever. It's like, you need to yeah. be on top of communicating with the people that care about you Yeah. because the people that care about you, particularly, I'm not saying you have to be, give everyone all hours of the day to make sure that they're catered to. I'm not saying that at all, but particularly with people that actually care about you and want you to to succeed and do better and grow and all that kind of stuff, you need to invest some time into those people as well. And that's part of that maturing process. Like you take an interest in doing that because it's in your interest to do that. If for yeah. no other reason than just selfishness, at least do it for that reason, because it's actually better for you. If you take an interest in making sure you're, you're communicating properly with the people that care about you, you know, and that's ends up being part of that maturing process, man. And you're way up better for it. You'll be way more comfortable. You'll be way more confident and all of that, and you don't. That's how you're. You're not going to end up being a a, a grown up child, you know, because there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Well, like I know when the when Charlie got drafted last year, they needed to have an email, so he never had email before. Never really checked it. So that's one thing I had to teach him was like, for the first couple months, so did you check your email? He goes, No, no. Well, you should check it. And, oh, Dad, there was something. But yeah. So it's not like just get that every day. Check it because there might be something important from because now you're in this world. Right. Right. And uh, so to that point is you can get what seems like, especially when it's important, like it's a we call this a business. Right. So if 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 your coach or your GM or your organization sends you an email, like let's just say it's uh, just let everybody I'm just letting everybody know it does not necessarily directly to you. Just letting everybody know that uh, the the season was great, proud of everybody, or, or the season was great, and uh, we'll, we'll, let's say we're going to have an upcoming camp soon, okay? That's really not a statement to you, mm-hmm. but 
if you leave it and if you leave it as open, let's say, yes. and don't acknowledge it, then that's nothing. But if you just send back just to be sure, okay, thanks, coach, got it. Or, okay, thanks, coach, whatever, right? And then it might be like every time I send something out, this guy sends something, he's on top of shit. He doesn't right. just ignore it. I know he's listening. I know he's watching. I know he's he cares. But it's well, just a little tiny thing that makes a huge difference. I know, and I just because I love this topic, so I just want to beat it to death for yeah. another couple minutes. And the reason that it's it's because of that exact thing, this is why you practice it with people that you feel like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is why you practice it with your parents. You practice it with your coaches. You practice it with your coaches, trainers, whatever, so that when an important one comes, it's second nature that yeah. I have to be on top of this. Right. So that your coach at the OHL level isn't questioning whether or not you got the message. Yeah. You know, Because how you do anything is how you do everything. There's another one we, we say all the yeah. time. You know, If you leave things unanswered, you're going to leave them unanswered when it's actually important yeah. now, right? So do it when you feel like it's not important, just as if anything else, just practice, you know? And then on top of that, you learn how to talk appropriately. Like one thing that popped to my, my popped to mind while you were talking is I had a, I had a kid in here the other day, he was leaving and he gave me a pound and said, peace out. <laughs> and he gave me a pound. And I'm like, that, you don't, that's not what you say, right? That's not what you say because now oh, he, you could say it like that. You could say it. As long as you know that this is, I'm just joking around with your exactly. coach. Exactly. But yeah. he wasn't. It's not, you can't be saying that seriously yeah. to someone yeah. who's a coach. Yeah. So this kid gave me the dabs and goes, peace out, seriously. And I'm like, and it's a kid that, are you, you get problems yeah. with this kid, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of, so it's, it's you're going to go to your to your coach of your AAA team with your hat barely on your head and say, okay, peace out. Yeah. It's like, I would hope you have enough wherewithal to know that that's not appropriate, right? You're trying to act like you're professional. You're carrying yourself, not like you're the kid that hangs out at the skate park every night, you know? So little things like that, it ends up being practice, you know? So just do do it for yourself. That element of professionalism ends up being important. And when it matters, when you're at a higher level, whether it's college or OHL or junior or whatever, and it actually matters now, you'll already have it you'll already know it'll be second nature and you don't have to worry about your coach calling you saying, Hey, you don't answer any of my texts, man. I don't need, I don't know where, where you're at right now. Or Hey, did you get the message yeah. about camp? Yeah, exactly. Now you're a pain oh, in the ass. Okay. You didn't feel like responding. Yeah. I didn't know I had to. <laughs> it's a dumb answer. It's a dumb answer. Right. So, so anyways, I hope that's uh, guys listen to that message, man, because it's uh it's a problem that we see a lot and it's very avoidable. Just start taking baby steps and it can be hard, man. I know it can be difficult to, you know, go and talk to an adult and, and make sure you're staying on top of yeah. stuff. But as far as the text and emails and stuff like that go, there's actually zero excuse for uh, a player not to get back to coach or the professionalism. Because as far as I can tell, kids have their phone with them a lot. Oh, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying it, this yeah. negatively. I'm not saying it negatively. But if you say I didn't have my phone with me, I'm going to say, well, Why? Because we know you saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you saw it. Yeah, that's it. Good. Okay. Uh, That's all. That's all I got. Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. Leave it there. Bye bye.